You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage. Your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car query? Call now. 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Hey, everybody. Good morning. That was loud, eh? That was good. <laughs> We're full of beans and all kinds of gasoline energy today. That's right. Even Lots though, of and even though the price is down, isn't that amazing? Yeah, I got up this morning, drove down here, and saw the gas price well under a buck ninety a liter. If they check the, the cameras at the ESO at Woodbine, they're going to see an idiot doing a happy dance. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> was I was so you? excited. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. It was down at one eighty six or something. Yeah, it was like almost free. Uh, well, not quite. But I, but but Elliot, we were talking about you got Elliot Elliot in this in the studio with us, of course, from CAA, Elliot Silverstein. But he 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 said, well, Al, uh, I, I'm going to wait till I go home because now you burned up how much gas just getting to the studio. And I went, duh, shit, I didn't. Sorry, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm still in my uh, my big run of EVs, so uh, it cost me uh, a buck sixty something last night to fully charge the electric car. That's that's unbelievable. It really is. But uh, you know, and, and 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 we'll talk about it later. But I I, I heard something on the. I saw something that in in Germany um, they decided that well, why should they give away electricity? So apparently, electricity is on par with gasoline. Yeah, and and that's coming. I think that's that's coming in a lot of jurisdictions. You know, the the money's got to come from somewhere to build up this infrastructure if we're going to see the shift to EVs. And who's going to pay? But the EV drivers. But I, but I, I as far as I was concerned or, or thought or knew, the information I was getting was, of course, you're going to buy this car that costs twice as much because it's only a quarter as much to drive. But but now, if they put the electricity up, what's what's the advantage? Well, th- this is the thing. I think this might be the golden age of EVs, and uh, right now, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I, you know, I'm, I I spent uh, twenty dollars charging EVs in the month of June. Well, and you're not paying anything for the car. Well, they're test, they're <laughs> test cars. If they were gasoline powered, I'd be paying for gas. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, like I said earlier, we've got Elliot here, and we're going to be talking about my pace, which. Uh, you know, when Steve had put Dave's picture up, um, you know, to commemorate his uh, his being, and of course the the f- the father of the show here. But but he loved it. I remember every time he would be on, he goes, "You know how much money I've saved on my cars. I love my pace." He loved it absolutely. Always loved it. He was a big advocate for for the program. Yeah, and he had so many cars, and 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 of course, with so many cars, you can only drive so many at a time. So far, so. It was a huge saving for him, so he loved it. We'll be talking about my pace after the break, and uh, and as well, we're going to be talking about electrical stuff, and um, we've got all kinds of things, and we've got OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, who we spoke to earlier, and um, 
He was at his cottage. Um, I was up last week and noticed my sunburn. And uh, it's a it's a tan now, Al. It, you know, it, it is now. I'm still scratching the back though. But uh, you have to understand though, being on the water is like driving a car. And, and yeah, it is no absolutely. alcohol. Yeah, beer on the pier. It, it, yeah, my my wife say. loves this. There's a radio station up in Muskoka, and it's uh, you know uh, the tagline is "Remember uh, water on the water and beer on the pier." Yes, yes, yeah. and and uh, I didn't realize how stealthy. The, the the water patrol guys are. Yes. Because we were just sitting there chilling, and, and all of a sudden, a guy's there in uniform on his uh, his uh, jet ski, and I went, I never heard him coming. Uh-huh. Wow. That's right. I wonder if they're electric. Not yet. They'd be quiet. Yes. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We got an exciting show for you. Stick around, and uh, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, if you remember, we had uh, a giveaway in the month of June for some ESO gift cards, so we've got our last two winners to announce on the show later. Yes, one was a customer of mine, and he came in this week, and I, I, was, ex- did, I was expecting him to come in, but I didn't know he was a winner, and he thanked me, and I went, what did I do? Uh, he was so excited. <laughs> That's always nice. He was so excited. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I got to drive the other day, and, and I thought it was a bit of a beater, and I thought, Ooh, I got to press the clutch pedal down on this car, and it was a, an old YJ. And I went, they have automatics now, but but Brian here is a proponent of, you know, saving the manuals. He loves manuals, and yeah. and uh, for the most part, I thought they were all going by the wayside, but but apparently not. Not there. There are some companies that are that are promising, and BMW made an announcement for their M division. Mm-hmm. They're going to maintain the manual transmission for their foreseeable future. I guess that's why that's why the M is there. Is that it? Uh, well, it stands for motorsport. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it made sense now that I'm thinking about it. I went, oh, well, they're all manual, of course. But I guess they have automatic M's as well. They, they do, and and to be fair, so that would be an AM. Some some of their automatics are actually better than the manual, but when they when they do a manual properly, they're excellent. But I guess it's it's but again, like no, when you just said that, the the automatics work faster and more Mm -hmm. more efficient than the clutch. Uh, so, so really, they're only doing it for old school guys that want to drive them. Yeah, and you know, if you're if you drive, if you enjoy driving and enjoy going for road trips and and that sort of thing, and appreciate that involvement with a car, you know, th- that's exactly who's buying these these manuals. So it's market driven. Substan- I mean, yes. for the most part. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they they went. You know, manuals went on the. Uh, you know, the the, the take rate went, dropped in yes. the last. I'd say fifteen years, we'd seen a decline. Right. Number of manufacturers just stopped making them. Uh, Ferrari and Lamborghini among them. They they no longer offer manuals. Right. But everybody else has come back. Oh, Ferrari doesn't have a manual anymore? Not at all. Not oh, at all. wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. What do you need the clutch for? It's uh, no problem. <laughs> you don't, don't need it. Well, let me ask you. So you, you do a lot of training up at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Yes. Um, young people show up in manual cars or do they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was, I was on track on, on Monday mm-hmm. driving the new Hyundai N's, the Elantra N and the Kona N. And these are their performance models. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of track cars. And I took both the dual clutch and automated transmission as well as a manual. And, you know, certainly the, the dual clutch car is, is able to put down quicker lap times. There's no question. Right. But the manual is just more fun to drive. Yeah, I mean, it, I understand the fun part of it and, until you're stuck in traffic. I mean, I remember being on the parkway in my Beetle with no air conditioning, <laughs> and uh, I think it was Wally 
forget the guy's name at the time. I called the traffic. Our parkway is backed up. And I went, yes, they all I'm here in the middle of it. You know, and it was horrible, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is true. And, and, you know, my wife's daily driver is a manual. And yeah. Most days she loves it. Mm-hmm. But there are some days where she does get stuck in traffic, and it's it's not a lot of fun. Oh, as a matter of fact, somebody was telling me, too, they just came back from Europe. Oh, my buddy Richard just came back from, from, from England and, and uh, Scotland. Um, still manual cars there. Mm-hmm. And and they all have the, the hill-holding trick on them now. Yeah, I think every manual uh, has a hill-holder now. It's yeah, I think yep. Subaru first came up with that, eh? Yeah, years ago. They were a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, my first manual certainly didn't have a hill holder. No, 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 no. That was the hardest part of learning to drive. It's it's rolling backwards. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know, that's which is like I always teach people my Beetle because it was good because the parking brake was right in between the seats. Yep. And, of course, you'd be yanking up on it. Of course. Elliot, do you drive standard? I have never driven uh, standard, no. So you get in the car and go, oh, there's three pedals. What do I do with them? You know what I would, you know what it would be a car I'd be leaving behind because I have absolutely no knowledge when I when I did my driving school 30 years ago it uh, it was something I decided to pass on very quickly well because most parents cars were like automatic I mean they could yep. hardly wait right right to, to have an automatic car it's, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean we, we, we were fortunate when there were you know tractors around and manual cars around so I got exposed to this and then of course I had the crazy idea to go racing so I, I, I actually no my I learned on uh, an econoline pickup econoline van with a straight six and uh, and, and wow and, and it was it was one of my dad's delivery vehicles and his driver thought he'd earn points with the boss by teaching his kid how to drive um, but I remember it was a snowy day and I thought, I think this is a dumb thing to do, uh-huh. <laughs> but I did learn, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Now, if if it and Porsche still come standard the chip though too, eh? Yeah, they do. They've got a few models. They've, they've got some of the specialist models, and then uh, some of the regular nine eleven, the traditional sports car you can get as a manual, and and the the little ones, the Boxsters and the Caymans, right. come in manual as well. Um, we only got a couple minutes left here, but quickly. Um, you know, there's been a big push for electric, but yep. uh, you said there's a setback in, in Europe. They're saying, I don't think we can make those deadlines. Yeah, well, we you know, we kind of thought this, and and, uh, and our friend Dan McTagg has suggested this either. Everybody's talking about these, you know, banning internal combustion engine cars by 2030, 2035, whatever it is. Right. And the industry is not going to be able to meet that, and certainly the, the, the electrical grid, the infrastructure is not going to be able to meet that either. So now we're seeing countries starting to push back. So several countries in the EU have said, you know what, this... This is not a good idea. This 2035 internal combustion engine bans probably not going to work. How about 2040? Well, you know, and, and, and not a whole lot of people have been talking, too, about the production of electricity and how, you know, there's still countries burning coal yep. to make electricity, <laughs> yes. which is kind of shooting yourself in the foot, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. There's a, Coal is an interesting industry. I learned a lot about it a few years ago. All right, good. Anyways, we've got Elliot with us, and we're going to be talking about MyPace, which is a great thing. It's just, it's been out a couple of years now, but people are saving tons of money. And uh, we're going to be back to tell you all about it right after this break. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. And uh, speaking of Wayfair, I uh, was at Mosport, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, for the uh, big IMSA Sports Car Weekend. Yep. And, and uh, Wayfair does have uh, an activation there. So if you're looking for RV insurance or, or whatever your insurance needs, you can always drop by and see them. And uh, if you don't drive a whole lot, mm-hmm. you are looking to save a whole lot, we've got Elliot here from CA. How, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's great. Great. Now, uh, we talked about it earlier, MyPace Insurance. Um, 
you only pay for what you play. And uh, when did you come out with this? So we actually launched this in the uh, summer of 2018. So, you know, a lot of people have, have heard about this more and more during the pandemic. But mm-hmm. we actually launched this many years back because we were seeing the trends that people were looking for more lifestyle, looking for more tailored insurance. And this is the first and only pay-as-you-go uh, auto insurance program in the country. So this is uh, uh, something that a lot of people have signed on to over the last four years. Do you think it's more a case of, you know, a lot of people are retiring and they're not using the car as much? And, and, and of course, and they're also on fixed budgets normally. Um, they've got to save. Well, that's part of it. But I think, you know, even for people that are that are still working, you know, their lifestyles have changed. Their driving habits have changed. They may be going different places at different times. And, and then they're also saying to themselves as they're looking at their household budgets, why am I paying 100% of the costs that I used to pay when I'm driving, let's say, 40 to 60% of the time? So, you know, this is a way to put money back in your pocket as we're all, you know, dealing with inflation and high gas prices. Um, this is a way to make sure you have full coverage for less money. And the way uh, my pace works is it's purely mileage driven. It's purely kilometer based. Is that right? It's one hundred percent kilometers based. So that you know, you know, there are other uh, usage based insurance programs that are out there that talk about um, you know speed and braking and other types of issues. When we look at how we factor it in there, we base it on the the cost and the renewals based on your your driving history. So if you hit twelve thousand kilometers, you've exceeded um, you know where where the the benefits are for CA my pace. So it is designed for twelve thousand under, but um, you know, again, we encourage people to drive safely, drive smart. Um, but again, in terms of the pricing, it is around kilometers driven. So is that, for the most part, how it works? Is So if you do more than 12 a year, then don't even think about it. You know, the, the, the savings are, are no longer there. Then you're basically in, in the same range as a, a traditional insurance program. But, you know, if you're driving, let's say, 9,000 kilometers a year, you'll find some savings. Maybe it's 20%, maybe it's 25%, you know, we'll, you know depending on what your, your situation is and your vehicle and your, and your, your uh, uh, characteristics. But that's why we always encourage people, call. Ask the questions and uh, you know find out because all you're losing is a few minutes of time to get that quote and see if it's it's suited for you. So that initial chunk that you're paying for, how many k's is that? So what you do is you, you pay a small fee up front uh, to get the uh, the process started, and then it is in one thousand kilometer increments. So you'll pay a, a little up front, and then every month you'll pay thereafter. Uh, if you if you or every period of time, I should say a uh, thousand kilometers. So if you're not driving for three months, uh, a total of thousand kilometers, you're not paying for three months. So you could go. You know, traditionally, you know, if you've got a summer vehicle, you may pay, you know, a couple of times over the course of the summer and then nothing for the rest of the year. Well, in, in my case, and I have my MyPace quote, I still have to put it back on my to-do list. But the, this this spare car that I have, I drove it two kilometers this week. That's it. That two kilometers. So for me, my pace with this second car makes uh, makes a lot of sense. It's it's a great concept, you know. Again, for different people in different structures. If you're driving on a regular basis and you're looking to save money, if you have a second vehicle that's that's sitting for a longer period of time, you know, again, you, you have that you have the comfort of coverage. So if anything were to happen to your vehicle, you're protected. And I think that's what a lot of people did during the pandemic is they lowered their insurance, but they didn't necessarily you know return it to where they needed to be, and they're paying 100 percent of the costs. But again, you know, this is about making sure people are getting the right type of coverage if they run into a situation. And that's where, you know, I think we've got something very revolutionary here. Well, well I guess a good percentage of the, the people that bought MyPace were people who obviously were working from home during the pandemic, right? A lot of them were. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's also based on lifestyles. You know, you know, some families may have a minivan that is driving a lot more. They may do their family outings. And some may have, the, you know, their sedan that is, that is driven more for business purposes. And, and they find a way to, to find that efficiency. So you may have one vehicle on a traditional plan and a second vehicle on MyPace. But I think, you know, the, the pandemic has really opened a lot of people's 
people's eyes mm-hmm. to the ways that they can find some savings. And the fact that we're out there, we've been out there for four years now on this, people are, are, are paying attention to this. And I think it's really important because you know people are looking, how do I find savings on insurance? Well, part of it is you know looking at your own characteristics and asking the right questions. So it's mm-hmm. a bit of the homework on your own end to try and find those efficiencies. And and, and CA carries other insurance as well, right? So uh, if all of a sudden your boss says you got to come in every day and, and you're going to be exceeding that mileage, you can flip it over into one of your other products, could you, you not? Can, you can move it right over to a traditional insurance program, no problem. And quickly, if they want to find out about MyPace, how do they do that? Best place to go is uh, cainsurancecompany.com or casco, casco.com. Well, how do you say SCCI? I can never say that, you know. And I thought, why don't you just call it CA Toronto? I mean, it'd just be so much easier, wouldn't it? South Central, I, I, I'm lost. Anyways, that was me. Uh, we got to run, and but Elliot's going to stay here, and we're going to talk to him again right after the break. This is uh, Dave's Corner Garage. It's still Dave's Corner Garage, yes. <laughs> You're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with my pal Alan Gellman and Elliot Silverstein from CAA. And we have uh, a special guest in the studio who you may hear in the background, which is my dog. <laughs> He's excited. He's, he loves everybody. He does. He and does. He, lo- he loves going for road trips. And uh, does he care if it's uh, if the car has a clutch or if it's electric or gas? He he no he, preference. No, he he just wants to sleep in the back seat. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> and uh, so you got a Volvo uh, out in the parking lot this time. Yeah, it's all electric. It's called the C40, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks like a crossover with a uh, sloping roof line. So you got a little less headroom in the back and a little less storage space under the hatch. I was surprised too. The Mustang. I mean, they're all sort of the same kind of shape. These vehicles, well, yeah, eh? Yeah, it's it's becoming a bit of a cliche. I, you know, I'm in this stretch of EVs right now, and they're all mid-size crossovers and some have that sloping roof line and you know i guess they're stylish i think you know i'm sure manufacturers have studied this and the focus groups say that that's what people want well i guess and and, and too i mean as much as you may not have as much room in the back as you want you've got the the frunk i think they call it yeah in some of them anyway um and not some, all no a lot of them have um you know a, a lot of the accessories under the hood mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's uh it you know there, there's the frunks can be a little less than a square uh a square foot okay all right yeah. well we've got elliot in the studio as we talked earlier and um if people uh want to find out more about electrics, you have a link for that. We certainly do. Uh, our our uh, national office uh, has put together a wonderful uh, buyer's guide on uh, electric vehicles to help people understand you know, what's out there, whether it be battery electric vehicles, hybrid, plug-ins, um, whatever it may be. Um, you just have to go to uh, carcosts.caa.ca that's carcosts.caa.ca and you can find a lot of information about the sustainability, uh, a lot of pieces out there, some of the, the government incentives that are out there. Because again, you know, this is a, this is a topic that people are starting to wrap their heads around and education is so critical because um, it may not be the solution for people right now you know if they can get their hands on a vehicle uh, yeah I had people ask me about electric cars and I realized after a second or two they had no clue what they were talking about well this is the thing I you know I I encounter a lot of some people who want to talk about these cars and education is key there are so many people who have no idea how you know what what moves their car it, it took me five minutes to figure out what they were talking about was a plug-in um, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> a plug-in hybrid, right? Because they were saying, "Well, no, 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 but he puts gas in it, but but he gets electricity when he drives it, but he doesn't plug it in, it, or but he does plug it in at night." I said, "Hang on, I'm really confused there." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a matter of fact, I I there is a place, and I called them. They're close to my shop, actually. It's called the Electric Vehicle Discovery Center. All right, um, this is a great place to go to. They're at 1126 Finch Avenue West. 
Uh, you got to check them online. They do have a Facebook page. It's called Plug and Drive, and it's nonprofit. It, it it's not run by any of the manufacturers, but they have a lot of the different manufacturers' electric vehicles there, and you can schedule test drives and get some great information. And, and they're not pulling you one way or the other. I, I think that's a it's a great way if you're looking at an EV. You got you kind of have to try this the, these things because they you know they drive differently. And what I try to do on my YouTube channel is articulate how they drive differently. Mm-hmm. But living with them day to day, there you know there may be some things that you like, you don't like, and it, I think it's important to to experience these things. And, and that's a great way to do it. And they're also totally different, Elliot. You said you uh, they stuck you in one, and you had no clue, of course. Yeah, a few years ago, I was put in an EV, and I, uh, I I learned very quickly that it, that it operates differently. And I think it's important because, again, you know, you're, you may be used to your own vehicles, and this is a little bit different. And, you know, even just charging it and knowing where you're going because you need to know where charging stations are. It's not the same as, a, as you know, a, a traditional vehicle where you're going to just stop off at the closest gas station and, and refuel. Um, the infrastructure is not fully there yet. So if you're going on a longer haul, you need to map that out ahead of time. And, and and so many people are sort of, I don't mean insulting, but they're brain dead when it comes to vehicles. I mean, you know, it's like uh, they don't know how to open up the hood. They don't know how to check the oil, you know, and, and we see, you know, abuse happen. Uh, everybody thinks the computers know everything. Um, now, on the good side of things... Um, Mind you, I don't know why they, they combine them. There's, there's, how many different apps are there for charging? I, I install a new app every week, honestly. <laughs> so, so my main go-tos are, are ChargePoint uh-huh. and Electrify Canada, and I've had really good luck with Electrify Canada in that they, they, their, their charging stations are all working and they're fast. So they've got these level three chargers, and you know I've had great experiences. The the my trip last week, I stopped for I think nine minutes, which was just enough time for my my dog to go to the bathroom and have lunch, and I got 150 kilometers range or 200 kilometers range in those few minutes. Uh, is it is it not eventually the plan of the oil companies to all have charging stations? I mean, you know, you, you'd think that. You know, because people's brain is still going to be, I'm looking for a Shell or an Esso or a Petro, um, and, and that's where I fuel up. So why wouldn't I get electric? I think some of them are already moving towards that. They've been they've been experimenting on, on putting that together. And I think yeah. that that's part of it is that, you know, again, the infrastructure needs to be there. And I think everybody wants to be part of that equation. So um, I think it's a, it's a work in progress. But, um, you know, a lot of the costs that go into it, I mean, again, you know, it, it's, is it going to be free? Is it going to be a, a pay service? Like there's a lot of questions when it comes to uh, EVs as you, as you go forward. So my experience at, at a Petro-Canada charging station this week was interesting. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure I didn't get charged. I have the app. I have you know my, my payment method all signed in, and there was an error, and I still haven't seen a charge, and that was on Thursday. Oh, wow. Um, and, 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 but, and, and that's the thing, too. There's a huge variance in price, eh? Uh, there is. They, you know, I think they're legislated in Canada to charge by the minute. Mm-hmm. And of course, they charge by the minute on you know whether you're getting uh, a, a slower charge or a faster. Charge. They're different rates, and uh, Electrify Canada, I think uh, they're fifty seven cents a minute, but that's on their fastest charger, so it doesn't take long at all. You know, nine minutes. It, it uh, the other day it didn't cost me very much, and uh, like like you're saying, there are so many different apps, and and I end up installing a new app for EVs on my phone every week, at least one. Now, Elliot, if everybody switches over to uh, electricity and, and the government is not getting revenue from gas tax, what happens? I mean, that's going to be part of the challenge that they look at going forward because, you know, when you when you collect the gas taxes, we've seen some of this happening, you know, with the, the July 1st changes, you know, there's the money's being used to, to pay for infrastructure. So if people stop using uh, uh, gasoline, you know, there's going to be that, that void. So where's the money going to come from? So how's it going to be there? And I think that's a... 
a challenge that that government's going to have to look at going forward is how they're going to make it up because um, roads still need to be fixed. I mean, even though you know you're moving from a, a gas vehicle to a, a an electric vehicle, the wear and tear on the roads is still real, and we're still going to have the winter seasons, and we need to make sure it's in good repair. So that's a that's a, a short and a long term discussion to make sure that we still have good quality roads because that's one thing that we can pat our backs on in Ontario is uh, and even in Canada is that we've got good quality roads. Except for the worst roads. <laughs> Except for some of the worst roads, yes. <laughs> I was thinking they're going to have to double the people that work in that department for Canada's worst roads because the rest of the roads are going to be as bad as the bad ones. You know, it, it, it's true. I mean, there are there are some 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 that make the list each year, but you know, on, on the whole, I think we're very fortunate that we have very good infrastructure, and um, that's one part of it is that we want to make sure, especially from our organization, to make sure that uh, you know, as we we migrate to different types of vehicles, that we still retain the great quality that we have come to appreciate, uh, you know, across the country here. Well, I guess they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, Brian, you're saying that. Uh the, the different wattage levels are charged at the same rate, which I don't understand why. Or yeah, how. No, that's that's the, the legislation right now. But yeah, that'll 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 change. The, you know, the other consideration about roads is that you know, let's say on average a comparable midsize crossover that's an, just purely internal combustion versus an EV. That EV probably weighs twenty percent more. Yes, 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 so, yes. So the wear and tear on the roads, let alone on the vehicle and the tires and, and suspension components, but the wear, on the, uh, wear and tear on the roads is going to be more significant if we have more EVs on the road. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, the, and the power that they have. I can't imagine how it's not going to tear up the roads. Well, the, you know, this is the thing. You know, as a, as a racing driver, the, you know, I'm, I'm happy to access 100% of the performance of the vehicle, but I tell you, if, if I daily drove an EV, I would, I would probably burn through a set of tires during the summer. It's just so it, the maximum acceleration is so accessible, and it's silent. Yeah, unless you turn it on the, the noisemaker, eh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you do have to take care of it. There's no question. And then, but I didn't realize too from reading this article that uh, the CA put out that that the government already subsidizes electricity costs to us. So there are there are some subsidizations that are out there. I think you know that that's that's part of what's out there. But I think you know as we move forward, there's so many different parts to this. I mean, you know, the other part of it, as we talked about earlier around around my pace, is also mm-hmm. you know relief. Do you get a discount for insurance on, on EVs? And, and CA is one of the companies, uh, and there are select uh, insurance companies that offer up to a five percent discount for uh, for having an electric vehicle. So you know, again, there's costs on the on the electricity itself, and there's costs on the vehicle that can be found as savings. I think it's you know. As we talk about the, the costs of everything, you know, from top to bottom, these are going to be important pieces. Yeah, I don't know how they figured that one out either. I mean, you, you know, you take an equivalent vehicle, um, you know, let's say uh, a Highlander, and you compare it to your your, your Mustang e car. Sure. First of all, the Mustang is twice as much money. Uh, almost, uh, at least well, 30, so how, at least thirty percent more. Well, so because its value is twice as much, how can it be priced the same insurance wise as the vehicle that's half the price? Well, I mean, you know, the the insurance quotes. I mean, that that's where you know they'll look at you know the various characteristics of it. I think you know the, the you know the the type of vehicle and and so forth. But I think you know really you know we're we're moving to a very unique uh, time because you know there's a lot of interest in electric vehicles. There's not a lot of supply, um, but uh, at least at the moment. But you know, again, I think that you know insurance companies are going to have to look at this a lot more. I mean, and, and because again, there's interest there. And and to Brian's point, you know, the the wear and tear on the roads. Like, there's a lot of different factors that probably have been kind of bubbling under the surface. For for a lot of a lot of years, mm-hmm. um, but now are becoming a real challenge that we need to really get ourselves wrestling around. Brilliant, and but I, I, as a consumer, I'm kind of wondering: should I be laying back because you know, like, of course, t- today I can buy electricity and fill it up for four dollars. I mean, which is great. I, I, I think it was a dollar sixty overnight to charge this thing. Right, right, <laughs> but know? 
but but it it could go ten times more that in, in a couple of years. And I'm thinking, well, I, they tried they they sold me on the electric car by saying it cost me nothing to operate it. Well, now it doesn't. And 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 that's the thing. And, and you know, right now we have we you know the the Ford government has taken away the the license plate renewals, but this is this precedes a whole new road tax system that's coming. So they haven't announced that yet, but that's coming. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do start taxing EVs. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, they have to. Like you say, they weigh more. I mean, I, from a service perspective, I was excited because uh, they're talking about some of the suppliers having to upgrade their, their equipment because the car, you know, it, it puts out that much more horsepower. It weighs that much more. So the parts are going to wear out. Woohoo! <laughs> if you're in the good, repair business. Yeah, good news for you, Al. Yeah, and, and tires, too. Yeah, tires for sure. And wait till people find out how much those tires cost. That's right. They have no clue. No clue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, we're going to be talking to OPP Car Sergeant Kerry Schmidt right after the break. Don't forget, beer on the pier, water on the water. We'll That's be right. right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, and if you remember, we had a, uh, a June promotion. We've got our uh, SO gift card winners that we're going to announce later in the show. But for July, if you go to davescornergarage.com, you get a uh, you get a chance to enter to win a uh, Thule cargo box for your car on behalf of Wayfair, and it's provided by our friends at Tire Butler. The uh, the whole prize is worth thirteen hundred dollars. Wow, it's a whole lot of dough. It's a lot of dough, and it's and it's cool stuff. I've got some Thule uh, stuff at home, and they make really good stuff. Do they uh, primarily? Is it, is it just for skis, or could you put other stuff in there? Uh, I use it for bicycles, but they the uh, skis, right. snowboards, okay. and and this is a cargo box that goes on top of uh, the roof of the car, so you can put whatever you like in it. So, but it's long enough for. Is, is the intention primarily for skis, though? Not. Um, Probably not. Oh, okay. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of skis are pretty long, but uh, uh, pretty much everything else. Mm -hmm. And and on top of that, with the the rocking system, you could put skis on it if you wanted. And if you had a if you had a jigsaw, you could cut the end open and uh, and, and let them stick yeah, out. We'll modify you know? it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Dave would do that. See if Dave got the Thule box for nothing, he'd say, "I'm going to make it work for my skis too." You know, two for one. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Joining us is uh, OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. Kerry, what's going on today? Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, you know, put the stuff in those cargo boxes so they don't go flying off and end up on the shoulder. You know, I'm, I'm up uh, in cottage country here right now and driving up. I can't tell you how many uh, boats with uh, either, you know, blown-out bearings or flat tires or delaminated rubber or uh, light jackets and, and debris, you know, scattered across the highways here because people weren't, tying down their cargo. So uh, take it easy. Make sure your stuff all gets uh, at the same destination that you're going when you need it. Or or check their bearings or tires, eh? Well, there you go. Exactly. You know, these things haven't been used for a year very often, and uh, it doesn't take long for those to heat up if there's no lubrication or those tires have been sitting in the sun for the last 10 years, and they get some heat and some wear. They're underinflated, and boom, they're going to be gone, and your weekend is shot. Oh, you're the media guy. Did, did you have any uh, YouTube videos on how people should be checking that stuff? Oh, uh, let me think back. I'm sure we've we've talked about it many times in the past, and we show examples of uh, epic fails. So you know, we can we can go to a dealership and look, or go, come to your shop and look at some good uh, good uh, vehicles and good repair. But uh, you know, on the side of the highway, we see the ones that kind of miss that uh, tune-up before they uh, head it out. So you know, grease in the bearings, air in the tires, uh, fasteners properly secured cargo tied down and um, you know make sure your vehicle can can tow the load we've seen uh, overheated vehicles as well and you know it's just uh, you know have the right equipment and you go have a good time yeah uh, you you have the wrong tool and it's going to be a mess 
Speaking of people in too much of a hurry, um, we've seen issues in the last little while. I saw it myself, and I heard Brian mentioning it to you today. Uh, some of the two-wheeler guys uh, yeah. in too much of a hurry. Well, good grief, absolutely. And we see lane splitting, uh, reports of aggressive driving. Uh, these uh, riders, they just kind of take over uh, the roads. They're doing wheelies by you know, the public. They're doing wheelies right by the police, uh, thinking they can uh, bait us into uh, a little cat-and-mouse game. Well, good grief. Uh, we've seen far too many people get hurt. Speeding is still our number one killer out on the roads. Uh, you know, compared to last year, we're up uh, in pretty much every category in uh, road collisions that result in death. We had a serious crash last night. Uh, no one seat belted up. Uh, one person was ejected. All five people in the hospital, some with life-altering injuries. But when it comes to those two-wheelers and the motorcycles, you know, they, they may feel they're good riders and they're in control until they're out of control. And when they're out of control, they're going to regret and wish they could go back uh, 10 seconds in time and change that behavior because that's uh, those vulnerable road users, those motorcyclists, pedestrians, bicyclists, whatever, when they wreck, they're the ones getting hurt. And, you know, we see these uh, riders lane splitting through traffic, and all of a sudden one unexpected move from any other buddy, any other person on the roads, and they're into the back or the side of a vehicle, and they're going for a ride. On the, and, you know, that's the thing. I mean, they, they know lane splitting is uh, not legal in this province. And, yeah. and of course, drivers don't expect it. So, you know, I, I, I saw a rider uh, basically just go down the center of the 401 uh, a couple of days ago. And I could, you know, I wouldn't do that because I don't trust anybody driving in, in, in these crossovers. Who knows if they're yeah. paying attention? And certainly they're not expecting somebody to be lane splitting either. Now, this yeah. happened to me yesterday. We were coming down Bayview and it was a little bit wider than normal. I guess it. I, I don't know why, but all of a sudden there was a guy on behind me that decided that it's wide enough that he can come down the curb lane, um, and it wasn't a separate lane. In fact, as he blew past me, my wife said, "Did you see that guy?" And I said, "Well, thankfully I did." You know, so I because it would have taken nothing for me to move a little bit, and it would have been a heck of a collision. And and at least they got four wheels and some metal around them, but you know, not not with not with uh, two wheels. You've got nothing around you. I mean, I, I, I can show you my scars uh, because I was kind of young and dumb at the same time, too. Um, but I, I, I guess and I, we used to do it at, at, when we were younger, but only in terms of, you know, going through traffic, but when everybody was stopped, eh, just to get to the front of the line. Is, is, that, is, is that kind of a, a, a faux pas, too, or what? Well, yeah, you know, that's not legal. Like, sure, I've, I've been to other countries where mo- mopeds and scooters and motorcycles are the way of travel. Right. Uh, South Asia, you know, all the bikes and scooters, they, they go to the front of the line. When the light turns green or whatever, they all blast out ahead. You know, it's a whole different mentality. Here, you know, when you're in the lane, you own that lane, only one vehicle in that lane at a time. But at least safer because the cars aren't moving, right? You know, the cars are parked at the light, so sure. a little bit safer than, than when everybody is going at the same speed. But that doesn't make it all right. You know, here the rules are if you're going to be doing that kind of behavior, you're subject to uh, being stopped and charged and penalized. Um, other places maybe have those uh those rights and, and abilities because of the volume and the, and the way they, uh, they organize their traffic. But uh, unfortunately, that is not the, the way we're doing business here. And, uh, you know, you're a vehicle just like any other car, truck, or, or, or anything. And uh, you, we all have to wait our turn. And uh, we can all work together at that. And if we all actually share the road a little more responsibly, it'll be a lot easier for all of us to make it to our destinations, too.
And you know, this is a, this is a long weekend, and we see all kinds of things. I'm obviously a, a big advocate for speeding, but on the racetrack, not on the road. And uh, you know, speed is is a real problem. And from my perspective, as a longtime racing driver, it's 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 not just the outright speed; it's the differential between somebody yeah. deciding to go really fast and people driving at the limit. Look at look at the races, and when there's crashes happen, it's one car that's going faster than the other, and they're trying to pass, and all of a sudden something happens unexpectedly. It happens so fast. Uh, we'll be down at the Indy in a couple of weeks, so come and join us and visit us. Uh, watch some uh, drivers uh, have some fun on the track, and if you want to go to the track, there are track days available all over the place uh, for people that want to go out and have some fun and uh, take your uh, take your vehicle to live. But the roads, not the place to do that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I was on the track on, on Monday, and I had a great time. Controlled conditions. Got to go as fast as I wanted. Yeah. Isn't that, that's a ton of fun. And once you've had those thrills and that excitement, you know, there's no, the motivation and, and the desire to do that on the highways, I think, is a lot less. You, you don't, you're not trying to prove yourself against some couple in a minivan or a truck that's going down the road. You know, go out and, and play with the people in at your caliber and, you, and your type of, of driving and vehicles and go have fun uh, the roads you know potholes debris people crossing animals unexpected hazards uh, you just you have no idea what's happening and there's no one there to give you a flag to let you know that there's a hazard up ahead and by the time you realize it and you're going the speeds we've gotten guys you know 180 190 this weekend i'm not sure if we had any, i think we had a 199 uh, this uh, on Thursday or Friday. Don't Terry, speaking of speeding, we got to speed out of here, man. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I guess yeah, you don't yeah, hear the tunes in the background. <laughs> 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 All right, you enjoy your vacation up at the lake, and uh, we'll see you on a four series highway one of these days. Sounds good, man. Uh, All right, best. take care, enjoy. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, and before we announce our last two Esso gas card winners, this is my this is my dog barking. Uh, he wants to be on the air. He doesn't really understand that, but we have uh, a new promotion starting, uh, sponsored by Wayfair Insurance, and you can win a Thule cargo box for your car. The cargo box is provided by our friends at Tire Butler, so go to davescornergarage.com for your chance to win a Thule cargo box. Yeah, it's great, and uh, especially for those people who have cottages who go skiing, you know, because the car's not big enough for to fit everything inside, and it's way better than a trailer, really. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's certainly more efficient, yeah, and, sure. and especially with gas prices still near two dollars, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little more efficient to have a cargo box instead of pull a trailer. And you, uh, the one that you use for your bike, is it on the roof or hang off the trailer? On the roof, on the roof. Yeah, okay. it, there's, it's so stable. It uh, you know, it, it's it's a wonderful setup. I think a lot of people use them on the on the back of the car in the trailer. This way, the four hundred seven doesn't see your license plate. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, for sure. <laughs> then that's why they leave them there all the time. Eh? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you how many cars I've went to put the car in reverse and all of a sudden the, the, the monitor is flashing it's like oh the camera ain't working no there's a bike rack there and that's why it doesn't work exactly Elliot thanks for coming down thank you for having me today couple quick questions do you have to be a CAA member to get my pace no, uh, you can be uh, any member of the public. Any driver can uh, can access uh, CA MyPace. You do get a uh, member discount uh, for being a CA member and uh, signing up with MyPace. Great, great, great. And uh, you mentioned telematics, and a lot of people are concerned about Big Brother. What? How do they make it work? And 
What do they plug in and, and what does Big Brother get out of it? So, you know, different insurance companies do things <clears throat> different ways. But uh, for CAA, we have a, uh, a dongle. You put it inside your onboard dash. Um, it is a device that uh, you can then track on an app. And, you know, for us, it collects the information on the kilometers driven. And that's the big piece here is there are some some pieces you can learn about diagnostics. But really, it is, it is about the information. And the, and the information belongs to the consumer because it's open for the consumer to look at. But really, you know, it, it's really prefaced around kilometers for, for CAA. So you're not tracking how fast somebody goes or where they've gone or... No, you have that information available to you as a consumer, but you know when it comes to pricing and so forth, none of that is factored in. There are some insurance companies that have made those requests for right. their usage-based insurance yeah, yeah, and yeah. do factor that in. So really, it does become a, a consumer piece for you know buyer beware and understand what the uh, the risks are perhaps for search charging. Right. Well, we have to announce our SO gift card winners. Yes, yes, yes. yes. One, yes. one was so. my customer. It was very exciting. Yeah, and who is that, Al? His name is Steve, and he's from Richmond Hill, and he thanked me, and I thought... Just for being a nice guy, I've uh, been servicing his car for years. He said, no, 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 I won the, the ESO gift card, and I'm so excited. And so that was great. So Steve up in Richmond Hill, um, he's probably listening right now, uh, a longtime listener, and he, he and now he his Ultima will go that much further for less much for the for less money. Well, it's a two hundred and fifty dollar gift card, so that's not so bad. Well, you know what? But but I was thinking about it. I thought in the old days that would have taken you a month, but now it's only two weeks. <laughs> for me, a week. <laughs> All right. And the other winner was Blair, and uh, Blair lives in Woodstock, and uh, he was very excited as well to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, although, maybe, I wonder if gas is cheaper in Woodstock. I don't know. I drove by uh, last weekend. I didn't notice. Well, when I go up to Lake Simcoe, it's a little cheaper up there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always make sure we fill up there. Oh, what happened? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I got, I got, I got the dog. I'm trying to uh, uh, remedy his bark. He, I, want, he wants to be on the air with us. I understand that. Yes. And uh, next week, we actually, we've got some very exciting people coming on. Um, Jeff Atkinson from the Honda Indy. Yeah, the Honda Indy is going to be a, it's going to be a big show, and I think everybody's excited to have a, a car race in the city of Toronto again. It'll be so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Wayfair, we've got Amy Bradley, who's always fun to have on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's a character, and uh, that that'll be fantastic. This weekend uh, is the big IMSA race, the Chevrolet Grand Prix at uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, which I am heading to immediately after the show. And um, what's his name? Um, I forgot his name. He was on a couple weeks uh, ago. Ron Fellows. Ron there you go. Thank you very yes. much. He's still working for Chev? Yeah, he's still a spokesperson for Chevrolet uh-huh. and uh, does all sorts of events, but he's also a partner in Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. So I saw him uh, at the track yesterday, and it's a very busy weekend for them. Does he wear uh, flame suits? Or, uh... Uh, he, I don't think he, he races anymore. He doesn't, eh? No, no. He's a little bit older than I am, so I think he's hung up his uh, his racing boots. Yeah, but they let those guys drive the pace cars, eh? Yeah, <laughs> and you know you get you know when when you're an accomplished racing driver like Ron, you get all kinds of opportunities to do fun things. Actually, they let Richard Petty drive the pace car a couple years ago, and he wouldn't go off. <laughs> and, and and they were going, we we have to start the race, and we've done three, we've done too many pace laps already. Could someone give him the horn, eh? Because uh-huh. he just wasn't listening to what they were telling him. That is fantastic. Yeah. Well, we got to thank all our guests, of course. Um, we had on today Kerry Schmidt. We had Elliot, of course, from CAA. Uh, great products, great savings for people. Um, and 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 you have so many different things that you offer there too, eh? We sure do. You know, whether it be membership discounts uh, or insurance, uh, you know, go to caasco.com and you can learn about everything from memberships to insurance. 
great. And if you need a tow, that's where to go. Absolutely. All right, Brian, enjoy your weekend. Will do. You too, Al. And uh, take Barkley with you. Yeah, and Monty too. All right. This is Dave's Garden Garage. Oh, and Carlos, we're keeping our wheels on. we got to run. I'm Al Gelman, and uh, this has been Dave's Corner Garage. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.